Hey, I'm the MILF. And I'm the Millennial. And this is the, the MILF, MILF and, and the, the millennial. millennial. And we're back, bitches. We are back after a two-week hiatus. Hell we're yeah. just gonna keep we're just gonna keep dropping episodes after we're sporadic. Yep. Yeah, Odd. we're sporadic. Hiatuses. You know, this is not uh, you don't get you, you can only handle a little hit of us once in a while. Right. <laughs> so and then we have Bentley in the background. Yeah, we got the dog. It's a dog podcast today. The dog cast. Um the dogs are in the background. You will hear them barking. Um, they they just they just trying to hump each other. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to assert dominance. Poor Bentley has never been dominant because you know I had like a shepherd mix before, mm-hmm. and you know she was queen. Yeah. So every time he gets a chance to maybe even be a little he bit thinks dominant. he's dominant, but he doesn't realize that Tucker, my little dog, is a motherfucking Napoleon. Like, and he is gonna dynamite oh all over him. <laughs> like, he still has his balls, honey. So oh, see, Bentley does not. No, we might be cleaning up puppy sperm later. No, I'm just kidding. Gross. You might be cleaning up puppy sperm okay. later. I get it. It's my dog. <laughs> I have to be the cum cleaner. Anyway, yeah, the poop cleaner, the cum cleaner. Uh, I cleaned the poop earlier. Yeah, you did clean the poop. It was your dog. Accident. Yeah. You have to take care of your babies, man. Exactly. I take care of my kids. You're supposed to. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, it's good to be back, folks. How is everybody doing? How are you doing? I'm doing... I'm doing pretty good, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I've, I had a hiccup at work this week um, that I don't want to get into, like, publicly, but no, I really fine. thought I was going to, like, lose my job oh, for really? half a second. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, Want to just roll right into Pit and Peak, and then we can talk more about them? Yeah, like... um. Also, same. Oh my god, I'm having a Kardashian moment. It is time for our pit and peak of the week. I love our little um, segments. Me here. too. The the pit and peak of the week. All right, um, what is your pit of the week? My pit of the week is these dogs fucking barking. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's up there. I mean, I feel like it'd be better if we brought them down. Maybe yeah. we'll do that for the second half. Yeah. But, um. Oh, no, they were too busy humping down here. Yeah, I know. True. But, um, my pit of the week is probably the fact that I started drinking Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I only stopped this morning and it is Sunday. So, um, it's been a very alcohol fueled weekend. weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was. You know, so drunk leaving the bar <laughs> that the bouncer was like, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I actually had someone drive me home and then I had to go and get my car this morning. So you did um, the you did the the drive of shame. Yeah. <laughs> not the walk of shame, but the drive of shame. Yeah. Go back and get your car. My like, Uber oh, driver was, was just, bad girl. My Uber driver was just like looking at me in the rear view mirror. Like as soon as I was like, yeah, I need to go to Coyote Joe's. My car is there. Like. The look of just pure judgment. Right. And the rear view mirror. I was just like, I had a good ass night. Yeah. Like, mind your own. At least you're up at a decent time. I was at like 1030. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. What time did you guys get in last night? I got home at around like 150. Yeah. 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 But then I, <laughs> I was still drunk. So I went to my kitchen and I got a lunchable and I took off all my clothes and I ate my lunchable naked on my bed. <laughs> and um, 
I for, I didn't finish it, so there was just like a half-eaten Oreo just chilling in my bed when I woke up this morning. <laughs> that was breakfast. No. That was breakfast. No, because Piper was licking. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. yeah. Got to get them pussies off your bed. Mm, no, they're so cuddly. Like, I needed them last night because, you know, they're just good company. Just take that drop that she needs pussy. Oh my god! I'm gonna kill for my good dog. company for good company. Don't worry about it. Nobody cares. They're just barking. Yeah, it's cool. Um, my pit of the week is I found out that Bruce Willis can't speak anymore, and I'm really <laughs> fucked up about it because I love Die Hard. Like I love Die Hard so much. His name isn't even Bruce Willis. It's Die Hard. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like he's he's one of my favorite actors of all time. They say that the uh, asphagia that he has, it's caused by strokes usually. He's 67 years old, did not realize he was that old. I thought he was in his 50s. I thought so too. Like, But you know what? He's he, he honestly came to be in the public eye like in the 80s. Yeah. You know, so it was like in the early to mid 80s. And he was probably already 30 by then. So you got to think about it. Yeah, it does make sense, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, But... uh. Really, really sad thing. Really, really sad thing to see about somebody that you really care. You you really love them as an actor. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many movies. It's like Striking Distance. That movie was so fucking the good. The Red Movies. The Red Movies. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, gosh, Fifth Element. Fifth Element is a sweet-ass movie. Pulp Fiction. He's in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um. Oh, what's the one with him and Chandler from Friends? Oh, that's such a good movie. Um, him, Chandler from Friends, and uh, uh, what's her name? Amy. I can't think of the fucking. Where he's a he's a thief. Like the whole not the whole nine yards. Is it? Is it the whole nine yards? I thought that was with uh, Hudson Hawk. No, Hudson Hawk is uh, another movie that he's in. That that Hudson Hawk was actually the. Like, the big flop. Like, that was the movie they put a lot of money into. It was supposed to be this big summer blockbuster, and it turned out, like, not doing shit. Um, oh, man, Bruce Willis. It might be whole, whole Nine Yards. Fool's Rush In? No, that's not it. Fool's Rush In is actually kind of a good movie, too. Um, Unbreakable is a fucking great movie. The Sixth Sense, uh, the Red Movies, Fifth Element, Armageddon, Pulp Fiction... Uh, yeah, it's the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. All right, Ben, you were right. Um, the Last Boy Scout. That's my fucking shit right there. I love The Last Boy Scout. And then, of course, all the Die Hard movies, like even number two. <laughs> you know, like Die Hard, Die Hard 1. Like, that's the class. That's Hans Gruber, Nakatomi Tower. Like, that is, that is classic right there. Mm-hmm. And then... You have Die Hard 2 at the airport, the whole big thing. The ice cube through the fucking, or the icicle through the eye. That's all I really remember about Die Hard 2. That, and I think Reginald Vell Johnson was somehow involved again. And then Carl Winslow. Um, And then there was Die Hard 3, which is my favorite Die Hard, with Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis going through the streets of New York doing this basic, like, cat and mouse obstacle, like, uh, wild goose chase. Is that one, like, a good day to die hard? Is it that one? Yes, yes, I think so. Or not a good day to his brother, played by Jeremy Irons in this one. Um, And uh, 
That's about that's the best Die Hard in my opinion. The third Die Hard. I because Samuel L. Jackson and his duo dynamic was yeah. so like on point. And the way that it all started was Sam walks up to him is like because he was told he had to wear a big sandwich board that said the N-word on it in the middle of Harlem. And here Sam is just minding his own business and is like, what is this dumbass white motherfucker doing? And he walks over to him and 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 that's how it starts. And then he gets involved because they're watching from afar to see if he does this whole like obstacle course they're putting him through wild goose chase, like I said. Mm-hmm. And he's only being put through this to distract from the fact that they have bombs in schools. And all of this is a whole distraction that they're just stealing fucking money and gold from the U.S. Treasury. And, and it's, it's such a great, a great plot. It's a great movie. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, like my, my pit of the week is we will not get any more Bruce Willis speaking roles. And you might only ever see him here and there. Right. You know, and that's very sad to me. And I hope that he, I know he's married again. I hope that, like, you know, I hope that his wife and him are happy and have a good life because I don't want any bad to come to him. He He's given me so much joy in my life. Like, honestly, love that man. I would fuck the shit out of him. Well, anyway. Um, what's your, what's your peak of the week? So Friday I went to opening day for the Detroit Tigers. Nice. So, um, excuse me, but I went with a group of my good friends and like including Colin and then we have like a Friday night drinking crew. Uh So it was that crew. Um, and we went to Tin Roof before the game, which is, you know, right across the street. Uh And we had some drinks. I had some shots. I had some White Claws. So wait, your pit of the week was drinking all weekend, but your peak of the week is drinking. (laughs) So, no, my... With the drinking crew. But my peak of the week is that... Spending Day. time with them. Yeah. yeah. And also, we went, we only had standing room tickets, but we saw open bleachers. So we just snuck right down there. And we watched the game, and it was on and off raining. And like, if the sun would come out for like 15 minutes, then it would downpour for like 10. Uh. So it kind of sucked. But ninth inning, like, Tigers came back so strong. With a whole run and a walk off. Yeah, I didn't really even watch the game, but I yeah. saw the ending. <clears throat> oh my god, it was amazing! Like I was so hyped, I was standing up the yeah. entire like bottom of the ninth and the bottom of the eighth because they got a home run in the eighth inning. Too. Was it super cold? Yes and no. When the sun was out, no. Mm-hmm. But when it was raining, yeah, it was pretty cold. I wore a hoodie and I was say, were you a white jacket? Up? Yeah. yeah. Um, then I had like capris out under my jeans. The one thing about opening day, like I kind of done it a couple of times and I don't know, like I would do it again just for like, you know, to go and like network with people and stuff. But, um, honestly, like, oh, I, I saw, um, I, uh, but I don't think I would go just to like, as a spectator, you know, to go because I just can't deal with the cold. Um, I'm going tomorrow on Wednesday too. Oh, you are. Oh shit. Okay. 
got well, Colin's a huge Red Sox fan. So we gotta gotta fight. Yeah. I do want to go to a game this summer. That would be fun. I need to go to like at least ten to be happy with my life. Okay. All right, cool. I already have three in the bucket within a week, so <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm already kind of on my way. Yep. <laughs> we got a lot of time ahead of us. What about you? What's your pet? Or peak. peak. My peak of the week is, um, okay, so everyone's been telling me, Steph, you got to take the Mark Ridley's class. You got to take Bill Bushart's class. Um, You know, work on your writing, stuff like that. So the other day I was just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I signed up for it the day before it started. And I went yesterday on Saturday uh, for the first class. And it was just basically like everybody introducing themselves and stuff. But what really, really made my peak of the week was um, I, I put a lot into my into this comedy career that I've been trying to build for the last year and a half pretty right. much. I put a lot into it. I'm doing a podcast every week. At least some podcast, you know what I mean? One, at least one right. out of the three, you know, mm-hmm. um, I am writing new bits. I'm going to open mics. I'm, I'm, I'm hosting my own open mic. I'm planning shows. I'm, I'm going to have a show here pretty soon. And one of the women that I used to live, listen to on the radio as a kid, Shawnee D is going to be the headliner. I can make this announcement. This shit is going to be out there. I'm just telling you. Like, That's awesome. This is the kind of this is the kind of wow like my life is to me. And then um I got another big wow because I don't really know Bill Bushart really well. I've only met him a couple times and he asked me to do Detroit to LA last year and I was really really like, you know, super like humbled and and excited for that and uh and and really like wowed by that too. Right. And then um when I got to the class, he started talking about himself. He started talking about the grad show and he said, um, I'm going to introduce you guys. He was telling the class, I'm going to introduce you guys to two comics that um, I'm going to let you know that they're going to be hosting and closing the grad show. And so he was like, Jason Phelan Mayers, who we all know from the Oxford benefit and his uh, doomsday for mental health uh comedy production company you can clap for that because he's making money for people or he's raising money in charity and um uh he said he's going to be closing out the show and then he's like and uh right next to him because i was sitting kind of next to him uh he's like uh, i want to introduce you guys to stephanie ann and she's going to be the host of the grad show And then Bill looked at me and he goes, I know you want to work here. I want you to work here. We're going to get you to that. And he's like, and that's what we're going to work on. So I there was you go. really wowed by that. Um, and I and sidebar, this was a private conversation, but I will say like we had a little private conversation and I thanked him for giving me acknowledgement because I said we don't really get it. And he was like, yeah, we have to give it to each other. You know, and he's like, you're out there doing as much as you can. And and it's not it does not go unseen, you know. So that really, really like made me feel like a lot of um, a lot of fulfillment in the fact that like here's somebody who doesn't really know me, who's been doing this for years and years and actually respects 
all of the effort that I'm putting into this. And, you know, as this journey goes on for these next five weeks and we do this class, like, you know, I hope that he thinks he thinks that I'm that good of a comic too. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I know that I know I know everybody knows I'm I'm a promotional person and stuff. And I am getting shows here and there, but it's like when you have comics that you respect in the business, like a Josh Adams, like a like a Melanie Hearn, like a JD the Smile T Barb. T Barb. Bill Bushart. Um, you know, when you have people tell you that you're doing a good job or keep it up with the with the writing and keep right. it up with this then you know that you're you're on the right path with it. So I really felt great about that because it, here's somebody that doesn't really know me and is just getting to learn who I am here because we're taking this class. And he's like, yes, kudos to you. So that was, shout out to Bill. That was cool. It's cool as fuck. So that was my pick of the week. Also, my baby turned six years old and he's peeing on the potty (laughs) because he's behind, but he's doing well. So that's that was those those are my peaks. So um, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about celebrity conservatorships. So we covered Brittany already. Um, but we just got word that Amanda Bynes just got let go out of her conservatorship. We love Amanda Bynes. She told Drake, (laughs) she told Drake to murder that pussy. I fell in love with her that day. Don't tell me anything about the Amanda show or how cute she was as a little girl. That day is when I fell in love with her crazy ass. Mine was the movie Sydney White. Oh, Sydney White is really good. Sydney White is a cute ass movie. Dude, Uh she's the man. Yeah, she's, she's the man, the man. is funny as fuck. It's, yeah. it's not going to hold up this time and day and age, but she's What's the man. What's the one where, oh, what she wants. Oh, okay. Where yeah. her dad, where she went to like Great Britain, mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I really liked her in Saved. Have I you ever seen, seen Saved? No. Okay, so Saved is like her indie film. Wait, was that, was that Amanda Bob? Nope, sorry, not Amanda Bynes. Nope, not her. That was Mandy Moore. Saved was Mandy Moore. Amanda Bynes, her bitchy white girl part was in Easy A. Yes. Easy A, she was really good in that. Yes. Yeah. She was, for sure. But, yeah, so, apart from, you know, everyone knows that Brittany and Amanda... So, what happened with Amanda? Like, what's her whole thing? So... Um, she started getting like, the reason why she went under conservatorship was she started having a really bad drug problem. Um, kind of like, um, I think it was a little bit of like Coke, a little bit of meth. I know she got in trouble for smoking pot. Like she got kicked out of an apartment for that because she burnt down the apartment basically or was about to. And then she also um, had bipolar disorder that really escalated when she was abusing substances. So that's kind of what guided her to become, you know, on a conservatorship. Okay. And she was, like, really fucked up for a long time. And alcohol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So she gets on the conservatorship because all shit goes awry back, what, probably about 10 years ago? 
Uh, yeah, about that. Yeah. So shit goes awry. I remember there was something. There was something about. Okay, so there was something about her dog, her mom's dog. Like I think she kidnapped her mom's dog or some weird shit too. Uh Like, and I remember that's when the conservatorship was kicking into effect. Yeah. Like her mom and dad were like, and she told said told everybody her dad molested her. Yeah. Like yeah, some really fucked up shit. Told Drake to murder her pussy. Um, yeah, she was on one. She was on one. But so they put her under conservatorship. She seemed to be getting better, right? Yeah. Um, she was getting better, but she was still like in a full time treatment facility. Oh, really? For yeah. How long? For a couple of years. And then, you know, she has um, a fiance, Paul Michael. And like the conservatorship, of course, didn't even like Two let her first get names. Red flags. Super red flag. Two first names. But, like, you know, she was engaged to him, but she couldn't get married to him because of the conservatorship. So, like, she actually somehow got an Instagram account last, no, 2020, and she started speaking out about her conservatorship, and then that started to get a little bit of traction because of Brittany. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, people were like, oh, if she's being done wrong, then maybe this girl's being done wrong, too. Yeah. Okay. So... Is her conservatorship still in effect? Um, it is not. No, nope, it was not. terminated. It was terminated. It okay. was happened a lot faster than Britney's did. I'll tell you that for sure. Like there was no uh, like mediation hearing and shit involved. Not that, that I saw. No, yeah. I, like literally, I heard one day like um, the termination process has begun for Amanda Biden's conservatorship, and then like the next day, it was like her. It's over. Yeah, it's terminated. Wow. Yeah. People are people are really like starting to like get up in arms about this ab- abuse of and it. people are also starting to accept that even if you have like a like mental disorder like bipolar disorder or something like you can still manage it you know with medication without abusing substances and so when she's been sober for so long and she's been managing her bipolar disorder like she's kind of proven to herself that she can take care of herself. And right. so, like, people are beca- becoming to understand her, her mother. Her mother. Okay. Not her dad? No, just her mama. Okay. Okay. And they basically, like, ran her life anyway. Right. So. Well, that's what happens with child stars. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anybody else under a conservatorship? Um, not anymore. But, but in the past? Will- Brian Wilson. Oh, yeah. Brian Wilson went off his rocker building sandcastles in the living room. Mr. Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, so who was his conservator? Um, I'm trying to see right now. I'm wondering if it was like a wife or if it was like one of his siblings. Well, um, oh, wow. It was his psychologist, Dr. Landy. Dude, that's the guy that gave him LSD too, right? Yeah. I watched the Beach Boys oh, wait, and American wait, wait. Dream, the miniseries in the 80s. So. It switched to Wilson's cousin, Stan Love. Okay. And he he's a Beach Boy too, right? No, not Stan. No. The other Love brother is, yeah. What is it? Brian Love? Brian Love? Yeah. Yeah. He's the other one. Oh, shit. Okay. So Brian Wilson. Yep. Um, he also had bipolar, but he had bipolar schizo schizoaffective disorder. Okay, and he had a giant breakdown. Yep, in 1964, um, while they were on tour, lying in bed, 
Just yeah. like Brian Wilson did. Well, I'm, I'm lying in bed. Do you know who Joni That was Mitchell Bare is? Naked Ladies, sorry. Yes, I do know Joni Mitchell. She had a breakdown, too. Yep, she did. Um, she collapsed, um, had a brain aneurysm, and then she was granted conservatorship. So it wasn't like, it was like a more of a positive conservatorship rather than like, a, oh, this person had a drug problem. Right, no, this person's fucking having a mental a medical problem so we need to help her yeah exactly um who's that one casey Kasem. oh okay so the casey Kasem saga i know is you a wanted drama. to talk about the casey Kasem saga is a drama all in a in a end of itself like i'm not kidding whatsoever casey Kasem. okay here we go casey Kasem. when he died like, it took so long for them to bury him because of all of this, like, family drama and who gets the estate, who does this, like, and whatsoever. So, Casey Why would Kasem, that impact burying someone? No, no, no. Here, watch. Okay. Let me get the, let me get the Wikipedia that will tell us all about this. Okay. So... If you don't know who Casey Kasem is, Casey Kasem began hosting the original American Top 40 in, in 1970. And it remained, he remained the host of that until 1988. He would then spend nine years hosting another countdown called Casey's Top 40. And he w- did that from 1989 to 1998. And then he also had like country and like different Top 40. Yep. Yeah, so, okay. So basically, Casey Kasem's career, he was he was a broadcaster here in Flint, Michigan. All right. Um, and then he worked at uh, WJLB 97.9 yeah. and WJBK, which is the Fox affiliate. Right. I believe so. Anyway, uh, that is. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the that's the AM 1500. He was on that. Okay. WJBK is. So and he also like he was a clown on TV. Um, but that's basically a big thing with him. He is the voice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, his voice was the key to his career in 1964 during the Beatlemania craze. He had a minor hit single called letter from Elena. And um, he did, a, he did recordings with George Harrison. And uh, at the end of the 1960s, he began working as a voice actor. In 1969, he started uh, one of his most famous roles, the role, the voice of Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. He also voiced the drummer Groove on the Chattanooga Cats. He did a ton of acting and voiceover work. He is a legend in broadcasting and vo- vocal acting. Right. Okay. And basically, his illness in October of... In October of 2013, um, her father, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, his daughter announced that he had Parkinson's disease. And he was diagnosed in 2007, but they didn't announce it till 2013. And um, then she said that he had also Lewy body dementia, which is a hard thing to differentiate from Parkinson's. But they don't know, they didn't know really for sure, but his condition left him unable to speak during his final months. Um, his health worsened in 2013. His wife, Jean, prevented any contact with him, particularly by his children, from his first marriage. And um, on October 1st, the children ended up 
protesting in front of the home. They wanted to see him. Um, his friends and colleagues, his brother, uh, they all were in the protest. Um, the older Kasem children sought conservatorship over their father's case. The court denied the petition. Gene, uh, his wife, removed Kasem from his Santa Monica uh, nursing home uh, in 2014. And on May 12th, she was granted temporary conservative. Uh, I'm sorry, Carrie Kasem, his daughter, was granted temporary conservatorship over her father, despite her stepmother's objection. And the stepmom, like, Carrie wanted to file, like, elder abuse charges yep. against her. Yeah. Against her stepmother. Mm-hmm. So, basically... Um, and then he kicked the bucket in June of 2014. They didn't know where the hell he was. <laughs> they said he was no longer in the U.S. And then they found afterward he was in Washington State. Okay. On June 6th of 2014, he was reported to be in critical but stable condition in a hospital in Washington State, receiving antibiotics for bed sores and treatment for high blood pressure. It was revealed he had been bedridden for some time. Judge ordered separate visitation times for Kasem's wife and his children from his first marriage. The judge ruled that Kasem had to be hydrated, fed, and medicated as the court-appointed lawyer reported on his health status constantly. Jean Kasem, the wife, claimed that he had been given no food, water, or medication from the previous weekend. Carrie Kasem's lawyer stated that she had removed him from artificial food and water, and the orders the doctor of the orders and the doctors, in accordance of what the doctor wanted, saying he would not be wanted to be kept alive if it would result in mere biological existence, devoid of cognitive function, with no reasonable hope for normal functioning. Okay, so the the judge reversed his order the following Monday, and uh, he said that Kasem's body was no longer responding responding to artificial nutrition, allowing the family to play case place Kasem on end of life measures over the objection of his wife. In June, on June fifteenth, he died, St. Anthony's Hospital in Washington, at the age of eighty two. Immediate cause of death was reported as sepsis caused by an ulcerated bed sore. His body was handed over to his widow. Reportedly, he wanted to be buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, which is famous for, like, Michael Jackson's there, Elizabeth Taylor, all the people. Right. Um, July 19th, a judge granted Carrie Kasem a temporary restraining order to prevent Gene from cremating the body in order to allow an autopsy to be performed. However, when Carrie Kasem went to give the copy of the order to the funeral home, she was informed that the body had been moved from at the direction of Gene Kasem. Kasem's <laughs> wife had the body moved to a funeral home in Montreal, Canada. On July what 14th of 2014. Hell? On August 14th, it was reported in a Norwegian newspaper that Kasem was going to be buried in Oslo, Norway. What the? F- Let someone play around with my dead dad. This, I'll is, f- this mm. is what I'm fucking telling you. This is why it's so crazy. Gene Kasem, Gene Kasem the wife, had him interred at Oslo Western Civil Cemetery on December 16th, 2014, more than six months after his death. In November of 2015, three of Kasem's children and his brother sued the widow for wrongful death. The lawsuit charged Gene Kasem with elder abuse and inflicting emotional distress on the children by restricting access before his death. A 2018 police investigation initiated by a private investigator working for Gene 
found that he received appropriate medical care while in Washington and that there was no evidence pointing to homicide. The suits were settled out of court in 2019. So that is, is the he drama. still in Norway? Yep. That is bull. Fucked up. He probably didn't even have any affiliation with Norway. No, she just was like, I'm putting your ass wherever the fuck I want to. Because your kids are being assholes to me. I mean, mean, basically. They have the money to move him. They should. Like, like, Britney's done wrong first. Then Casey Kasem's body. Yeah. Like, seriously. No, that's just, like, disrespectful to the dead. Right. Like, he is rolling around in his grave right now. Pissed pissed the hell off. He's just like, top 40 reasons why I hate my last wife. Seriously. (laughs) Number one. I'm in goddamn Norway. And because of his, like, diseases, he probably had no idea that she was doing this to, like, his kids. He died of sepsis from a bed sore. I would have brought a wrongful death lawsuit up against that. That's ridiculous. Sepsis of a bed sore. Get the fuck out of here. And then there's no abuse. Like, obviously, there had to be some kind. No abuse at all. Absolutely, there's some kind of abuse. Like, this is bullshit. Even if it's just, like, neglect. Absolutely. That's still abuse. Absolutely. Man, people drive me up a fucking wall. I hate everybody right Mickey now. Mickey Rooney was the other one. Oh, Mickey Rooney. I get it, because yeah. he did kind of go crazy, right? Um, At the end? Do, 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 do. It wasn't really that he went crazy. Um, it was against, uh, it was elder abuse. Like, he was being abused by uh, his stepson and his stepson's wife. Uh-huh. And they were taking advantage of his finances. Um, they stole money from him and abused him, including withholding food and medication from Mickey Rooney um, his attorney filed for a conservatorship, and by the time that he did this, more than $400,000 had disappeared from Rooney's finances. Damn. Um, the judge granted the conservatorship in 2011, along with a restraining order against his stepson, but that was pretty much it. Shit. Um, so that conservatorship, that conservatorship, conservatorship. Um, held up for three years until he passed away from natural causes. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Mickey Rooney, he's been, he was a child actor. He worked yeah. until he died. It's crazy. Yep. Dude, I, I, it's, it's all, it's crazy how, yeah, people go through stuff and it's like you need control sometimes and sometimes you need help. But I mean, like these people shouldn't be locked un, in under it forever. Like Brittany, you know, 16 fucking years. Ridiculous. But why don't yeah. we, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, I think the dogs are like, we got to let the dogs out. So. Yeah. All right. We're going to be back soon. Be Be right back for Miller, Milf, and Millennial. <laughs> we can't talk today. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Bye. Hey, my name is Emberly Nicole, and welcome to my new podcast, That Would Never Happen to Me. You hear crazy stories about murder, sex trafficking, scams, conspiracies, and more all the time. Whether you fall asleep to true crime documentaries like myself, or you just catch your local news, it's almost shocking to hear what goes on in the world around us. I do it, you do it, we all do it. 
we think to ourselves that would never happen to me. Well, the stories I will unveil in this podcast prove otherwise. I like to think that we like to think that we are in our own little bubbles that are impenetrable. And I'm sure these people thought just like us and look where that got them. So join me every week as we talk about the people that never saw it coming. Detroit Comedy Open Micers, we've been in need of a Friday night open mic at a dive bar. And now we have one. Fridays at Fireside, hosted by me, Stephanie Ann. Sign up is at 9.30. The show will be starting at 10 p.m. now. And we go as long as we have comics. Check us out Fridays at Fireside Inn Dive Bar, 25044 Grand River Avenue in Redford, Michigan. We're at 7 Mile and Grand River, folks, Telegraph area. Cheap drinks and even cheaper laughs. Come out and spend some time with me, baby. Hey, it's me, Stephanie, and this is Sanctioned by Stephanie, a podcast where I, a comedian, interview my comedian friends. We have a lot of laughs. It's savagely hysterical. Ow. Hello, LA. (laughs) Los Angeles. What's up? (laughs) This is your pop fantasy, your tween pop fantasy. You get the limo out front, hottest styles, every shoe, every color. Yeah, when you're famous, it can be kind of fun. I'm really ashamed that I know this. It's really you and no one ever discovers. Who Just like all your friends. But on stage you're a star You got the best of both worlds Chillin', I'll take it slow Then you rock up the show You get the best of both worlds Mix it all together Mix it all together And you know you get the best of both worlds Alright and we're back <laughs> Emberly was having a Miley Cyrus that. Hannah Montana moment <laughs> I needed that. I love that show. It was a great show. I felt really, really weird being like 30 watching Foxy it. like a puma. <laughs> Dolly Parton on that show. Oh, yeah. As so her fun. godmother. She's actually her godmother in real life, too. So weird. And then Mr. Robbie Ray, Mr. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jackson. Yep. Um, Jackson was fun. Yeah. I, I uh, don't. Just, what was his name? Real life, Jason I, something. I don't know, but does Jackson have that disease where he doesn't like grow up? Yeah, because he was like thirty something when they were filming. Yeah, he was old. He was old as dirt. Yep. And then Emily Osment. Like, yeah, she's adorable, mm-hmm. and she's a great little actress too. Yeah. No, she was on that show. Haley um, Joel's sister. What? Haley Joel Osment's sister. Oh. The kid from The Sixth Sense. Yeah. 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 Um. But Bruce no, Emily Willis, I, we're all coming. It all comes full circle, circle back to, to fo- Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Man, I'm, de- I'm dead depressed about that. <laughs> dead depressed. Like, yeah, no, she, what was that one show that she just had? And it was on ABC Family. It was like she was a cook. There's no fucking way I know this. 
oh ABC my God. Family. I love it. Was, I don't it's watch now anything that's not X-rated. Oh my gosh, it's bothering me because it was like one of my favorite shows. Was it Hannah Montana? No. Part two? No. Well, kind of in a way. Young and hungry. Young and hungry. Young and hungry. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it was. It a ran great from show. 2014 to 2018. I could have slipped upon it thinking that it was porn. No, <laughs> definitely not. It has that one um, black woman that's like, what was she from? It's like really bothering me. It's a good show though. Yeah, no, it is. You talking about Kim Whitley? Oh, Kim Whitley. Yeah. Kim Whitley, who just, uh, 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 Shawnee D, who just did the stage. Ashley Kim, Tisdale. Kim Whitley in Cleveland, I just saw. Ashley Tisdale from Ashley High School Musical. Nice, nice. Kylie Minogue was in the show. Jesse McCarthy. Jesse McCarthy. I'm leaving. He was in it. Wait, McCartney. McCarthy. McCartney. Jesse McCarthy, whatever. Yeah, the McCarthy. singer. The singer. That's Jesse McCartney. McCartney. Nee, whatever. Yeah, neat. Okay. I don't know. What and Rex Lee McCartney. from uh, Entourage. Oh, okay, okay. The the assistant. Yes. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, and he actually plays the assistant in Young and Hungry too. Oh, okay. He's a good assistant. Yeah. I thought he was on Gilmore Girls for a minute too. Um. Betty White co-starred on that show. Jack A. Harry was in it. Jack A. Ah! <laughs> no, but apparently Rex Lee was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. okay, okay. I don't know why. Well, we have one more thing with the conservatorship to talk yes. about. Let's get to, let's get back to that yes. before so, we uh, before we go into the end. Here. So Harrison Post, and I know that a lot of people are not gonna know who, who Harrison is. Post is because he was like way before like anyone's time, like 1934. We're talking right. So in 1934, um, he kind of had like a mental breakdown. Um, we don't really know exactly what it was because medical records from back then, you know, like we don't know. Right. Like they're very scarce. Right. Um, but some documents explain how he had a lesion in his brain. And then his sister, Gladys, um, declared to have him incompetent. She won the case, and she was given guardian over his estate, which totaled $200,000, but that's Yikes. equal to $4.5 million today. Yikes. Um, she actually spent, like, all that money, and she auctioned everything off. Um, but when he was actually declared competent again, there wasn't anything left for him because his sister literally spent all of his money when he wasn't competent what yeah so like in the um two years it was 1934 1936 this um makeshift conservatorship uh-huh. was like put up because conservatorships weren't around back then right but she had complete control over his estate she sold everything and she spent all of the money so then when he you know got back in his right mind Everything that he ever had was gone. Okay. So let me. So fuck Gladys. Yeah. Fuck Gladys. And let me, <laughs> let me tell you guys about this, uh, this, uh, this mi- like mini series kind of thing that I just watched on Apple TV. It's called, uh, the last days of Ptolemy gray mm-hmm. and it stars Samuel L. Jackson. And he is, uh, this old man, Ptolemy gray. 
lives in an apartment um and in the city in the city i believe i can't remember what city they're in i think philadelphia pretty sure it's philly okay um anyway <coughs> he his his nephew comes to take care of him his nephew's name is reggie and he's played by a fantastic actor you guys would recognize him um he was in the show ballers um really big guy heavy heavier guy um he was also in like lots of other little parts here and there, but I can't think of his name, but he plays his nephew, Reggie and Reggie. He kind of looks like a Forrest Whitaker, almost younger Forrest Whitaker. Um, but Reggie is, comes to the apartment. The apartment is like completely like hoarder. You know, he has so much stuff just stacked around. You can't really get around. There's mice. There's all kinds of shit. He's living in filth and squalor. He's, his toilet doesn't work. He's peeing and pouring it in the sink, you know, this man is basically, like, barely living, but his nephew takes care of him. Yes, Omar Benson Miller is the guy that plays Reggie. Um, and Oh, he was an 8 Mile. Anyway, yep, yep, I was going to say shit. Yeah, oh, Eminem. Um, anyway, so Reggie, Ptolemy, the old man, Sam Jackson, he has memory issues, and he's slowly and then rapidly losing his memory. And his nephew, you know, has take he takes him to the doctor. And then one day his nephew doesn't show back up to like he runs out of food and his nephew's not there and he doesn't know what the hell's happening. And come to find out his nephew's been killed. Sheesh. And he goes to the wake and his niece, uh, she has taken in an orphan, a friend of hers daughter, her friend, her friends her friend died. And she took in her friend's daughter, and she, she was going to have her check in on him. Well, circumstances happen where she is not able to stay anywhere, any, and not with the not with the 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 niece of Ptolemy. So she ends up going to his place to see if he'll let her stay there because um, she has nowhere else to go. And she sees what kind of filth and squalor he's living in, and she ends up like helping him change his life come to find out this is kind of like the book flowers for Algernon where there's this miracle cure to make him better but only for a little while and so he takes it and he real he gets his life right she gets his life right he takes it he ends up finding out he has all this money that he's hidden these gold coins and he ends up doing a whole bit of events to to find his nephew's killer Set up his family for life. Set up this girl that saved his life. She's like 17 years old. Yeah. You know, and and have her handle the whole thing. It's an amazing, amazing story. The events of the whole thing are so, like, powerful. The end of it was so powerful because a lot of people get it mixed up. They think that someone's always out to get someone's money. Right. old person's money. And the story of this man and this young girl... And it's completely platonic, like a daughter and father kind of thing. Right. But also not because they're not related. But it's just trust and just pure, like, respect and love for what each other has been through. And it was such a lovely story. And the thing is, is, like, in the end of the movie, you know, it's like the family still, even though he has his wishes, like, on tape and everything... The family still is like, but we want to be in charge. It's all about control. 
And that's yeah. what the thing with the conservatorship is, is like sometimes when they get to be too long, too out of hand, then somebody, one person gets control and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Just like his sister, just like Britney Spears's father. You know, we can pull these strings and make them do whatever we need them to do legally. We don't have to. They're a puppet for us. Exactly. But the other it thing is to an end. The other thing is, is if, if it's a real true conservatorship, like say that somebody's a vegetable, you know, and they do have millions of dollars. We just don't let somebody spend all their money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they don't have it in place ahead of time, then you need someone guiding somebody that is like the next again, telling right. them like, yeah, look, okay, this is a trust. There's parameters to it. You can't just access it whenever like, the real story in all that was like how to be uh, unwasteful, you know, of things in life, you mm-hmm. know, saving things that matter and getting rid of things that don't. It was it was really a love. I love the series. It was so good. But yeah, sorry, I got off on a tangent on that. But it just made me think about that because it's like it was the whole thing where they were like, you know. So. Right. Um, all right. Well, you want to want to do our end of it let's do the weekly what the fuck yes let's get it ben weekly what the fuck hashtag wwtf weekly what the fuck (laughs) all right well i'll go for it kick it off um so my weekly what the fuck is i think everyone's kind of weekly what the fuck like what the fuck happened at the oscars with will smith going up and just slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. First of all, like, what kind of man goes up and slaps another man? Like, if you want to, you know, do... Someone trying to prove that he's not a cuck because his wife fucked his son's You throw friend. a punch. What kind of man throws a slap? That's he... that's pussy shit. Okay, all right, all right. First off, that's legal shit. Like, an open hand slap is a lot less disrespectful than a full-on fist... Also, I'm pretty sure he played Ali. They might have a lot of a lawsuit right there. You know what I mean? He trained as a boxer. So he's not going to go do that. Also, they have a huge history, which I feel like if you slap a motherfucker, that's a lot more like use a bitch than if you punch a motherfucker. Like you punch a man, that's man to man combat. I think someone is disrespecting. Mm Mm-hmm. Like my boyfriend okay. or my loved one. Right. They're getting their shit fucked. They're getting their shit rocked. I don't care if it's being filmed. But if you are a multimillionaire. His money won't be taken for, for that. No, but I'm saying like if he would have punched him closed fist. It would have been. It might have been a lot worse. It would have been a lot. It would have been a lot worse, but it's still some pussy shit. I mean, it was some messed up <laughs> shit. It's like, all right. So like. This, the whole aftermath of all this, comedians, you know, I'm up at New Way the next day, and I had a whole Jada Smith alopecia thing because, like, my whole thing is, is like. Alpaca. That's did how I not know her. Did not know that she had alopecia. Did anybody? Nobody knew. I knew because I listened to Red Table Talk. Yeah, but it's like, who really pays attention to that all the time, though, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, honestly. Yeah, even I don't. We only really watch it when, um. When like important when Jordan Woods was Jordan on that. Woods Jordan Woods for sure and then uh, uh, when she talked about August 
Yeah. Yeah. Sex. Yeah, for sure. Like that's really when anybody pays attention. Nobody, nobody knew about the alopecia. And my whole thing was, she I'm actually like, had Amanda Bynes on it. You should listen to it. Oh, I should watch that one. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, but like, I wish I had alopecia, the pussy, so I don't have to shave anymore. But that was my joke. Um, the other thing, yep. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, the other thing was, uh, a lot of the comics were like, like I've gotten on stage, I got on stage that Friday at Rusty Nail and I was like, I dare you to come up here and smack me. Like I made him play me out to mama said, knock you out. And I was like, I dare any of you Rosevillians, Clinton town shippers, get your ass up here and smack my ass right now. Clinton town hoes. I was like, you try to smack me in the face. Boom. You're going to get the butt. <laughs> like It's not happening. But yeah, like it. So it was, it was wild. It's crazy to me that this is, uh, this is, this is what actually happened i mean i cannot believe that this is what actually happened you know what i mean it was a gi jane joke <laughs> yeah also you're dropping a joke like 25 years old you know what i mean like any you said you people people said that reference when britney shaved her head people right. said that reference when or it, i mean the only thing worse would have been a shade nade o'connor reference and like nothing compares to that or you nothing compares but then just saying, like, that's, it's your, you're going to make a joke about a bald head. It's going to be G.I. Jane, Sinead O'Connor, Britney going insane. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing. Fuck your life. And bing I bong. think Chris Rock handled it like a pro. No, he was just like. He was just like shocked. Like, what? did Did he really just like, come up and what? like try to rock my shit? Yeah, for sure. He was so confused by it. It was great. I Keep was like, my wife's name out, out your, your fucking, fucking mouth. mouth. I was like, damn. I was like, and then he was like, okay, I'll, it won't, it won't be. In, in a, what would it, what do you say? I don't know. Okay, I won't. He literally shit his pants right in that moment. Like, did this shit just happen or am I just And then, you this? know, the next day people were talking about like, oh, this is so scripted. I was just like, I don't think so. Right. I don't think this was scripted. And then, you know, the Academy you know, came out and said something. And then I was just like, oh, it's definitely not scripted because if the Academy came out and said something about it, then it's not something that would have happened. And then I think everyone's overlooking Amy Schumer. Why, Amy Schumer's joke. Um, God, I forgot what it was. She made some joke. Um, oh, she made a joke about um, Ryan Dunn, you know, from Jackass. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, so Why? she was just like, I was really, really sorry to hear about your friend Ryan Dunn, but I bet you guys wish that it was one of you or something like that. She said that to the Jackass guys? On stage as a host. At to the Oscars? Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was the Oscars, but she said something else. I can't remember. She said so many fucked up things every time she hosts. Oh, my God. But she said something else for the Oscars, but... I the Ryan Dunn thing is stuck so, in my head. That's so shitty. Yeah. So shitty. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Oh, joke about Leonardo DiCaprio. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait. She stole a joke from Twitter about Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't remember what, what exactly it was. But, you know, she she has said some horrible things before. And she just gets away with it. 
well, because she's a woman, which is kind of like <sighs> fucked up. But. I mean, I don't, I don't really enjoy her stand up very much anymore. Like I used to, I, I, used, I used to, to love, love her, her. On the roast. The roast she was good on. She was really good on the roast. Um, oh, you know what? I think that's what that is. I think that's what that is from because it was. Um, I think it was the roasting. Because Steve-O, that's who she said it to. She said it to Steve-O. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Damn. And um, it was really fucked up. The other thing about the Will Smith thing is now he is banned for the next 10 years from attending the ceremony, the Oscar ceremony. And I'm just like... And that's your weekly what the fuck. That's my weekly what the fuck. And my, but my what the fuck about it is, is like, what the fuck? Why is that a punishment? Like they gotta sit. They can't sit through four hours of a boring ass show. Like I don't even want. I don't even really watch this shit when I turn it on the TV. No, I have it playing in the background, and I'm just like, oh shit. Yeah, Will Smith won. Oh, he punched somebody. You know what I mean? Like right. And and actually, I wasn't watching the Oscars. I was doing another podcast at the time. And when I got off, I was like, oh damn, what the hell happened? Right. Like this is wild, you know. And my whole thing is is like like. Honestly, I feel like it's an unfortunate situation. I am not trying to be a hater on Jada Pinkett Smith. I think she is a strong black female, and I respect that uh, the fuck out of her for all she's done, for all of her accomplishments, for her fearlessness too, and for her way about being like a a, bo- a boss woman. She she knows her relationship. Like she knew what she wanted in her relationship. She laid it down that she wanted an open relationship with him. You know when that all was going on. They were open and honest about everything. But the thing is, the one thing that I don't agree with Jada is, is like how, and, and, and I mean, I might be a hypocrite in this way because I mean, like I've, I've vented about things in my life, but, but how she pretty much turned her husband into a cuck in na- on national like TV. I was basically. about to say a cuck. Yeah. National TV because yeah. it's like. Yeah, I fucked I fucked August, you know, and it's like and there's nothing he can say about it. And here was nothing he really could say about it because they had agreed that that was what the relationship was. Now, mind you, nobody's hearing about how many women Will's probably fucked, you know, outside of the marriage. But the thing is, is like like I think in that spur of the moment when He's this really smart happened, making people sign NDAs. Right. But that's probably true too but the thing is is like in that heat of the moment i think that i think that they had a discussion on the way to the oscars because chris rock has done this to them before and i think they had a discussion on the way to the oscars and i think that he said to her i think that she said to him you know like oh chris better not be tripping tonight you know what i mean like he better not slip and start talking shit about us because you know i was going to get up and slap that motherfucker i'm sure she said that shit Ahead of time, or they had the discussion ahead of time. So, I mean, Tupac would have pulled the trigger. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm sure that they had the uh, the discussion ahead of time. And and the whole thing is, if, uh, if they have that discussion, and it's in his head that he's messed with us before, he's going to mess with us again. Right. I didn't like when he messed with us before. It pissed me the fuck off. He probably already had the animosity in his head and he wouldn't want to do, you know what I mean? But so, they've been buddies for years right, upon years. So they, if they thought that they were going to say something, he should have literally reached out to Chris Rock and been like, was don't put, put on. Do you think it was a, 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 do you think it was put on? No, no charges came about it. No, nothing came about it. 
lot of people are saying maybe this was put on. Maybe this was all an act. I don't think it was an act. I don't, I don't. think it was either. I think he purely was pissed off. Yeah. He felt disrespected. Mm-hmm. He was His wife was disrespected. I think she looked at him and was like, what the fuck you going to do? You know? I think she looked over at him and was like, go take care of it. I thought he was going to just walk up there and just talk. Have and- you seen the video from behind Will Smith no. and Jada? No. She was laughing immediately following the joke. And then she didn't even look at Will. She didn't look at him. He oh. walked right up there. So he did this all on his own. He for did sure. it all on his own for sure. Okay. She did not give him like he any was luck. laughing at it too. He was. Yeah. I like. I don't know what you know. Like switched in his head for him to just like literally walk on stage in front like, of. I don't want to come to the ceremony for the next twenty years or ten years. <laughs> I'm gonna do some fucked up shit. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Uh, it's been messed up, but it was the it was the 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 comedy gold for like a week. Everybody was referencing it. It got old really fast. There were a lot of good jokes though, you know, like the meat in the mouth one that was funny. Um, don't put my wife's name in your mouth, but you can put your his your meat in his mouth in, in her mouth or something like that. Yeah, um, like the one that I said earlier, it was like, you know, Will Smith has such. Is makes such a huge deal about Chris Rock putting his wife's name in his mouth, right. but he'll allow anyone's dick in her mouth. Right, exactly. And exactly. it was just like, solid point. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think that's all that I have to say about that. Good show, Emberly. Yes, a good show. Thank you guys show. for listening to The MILF. And The Millennial. And you can check us out on social media, on Instagram, at The MILF, MILF, the MILF and Millennial. Is it yeah. The MILF and Millennial, or is there MILF and Millennial? Um, I believe it's The MILF and Millennial. The MILF and Millennial. Um, you can uh, check me out at The Downriver Diva on Instagram. You can check me out on Facebook, Stephanie Ann. Stephanie with an F, no fucking PH. Um. And uh, <laughs> check out Amberly at her shit right here. You know what's really crazy? This is how you know that we're like different age gaps because I would never put my Facebook out there. I just put it out there. So uh, my Instagram is at Life of Emberly. There. But no, see, it's just funny because you know it's just like different mm-hmm. because like a lot of. And three I don't people know. tell me last night I don't have Instagram. I was like, only Facebook? They were like, yeah, like, wow, you must but be how over old were 40. they? You must be over 40. Thank you. No, they were like, 20, they were like 37 or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, You're close to 40. Okay. I yeah. Get I get you. All right. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us on all social media. And uh, also check out Fireside Inn Dive Bar every Friday. We do an open mic. And um, coming soon, Saucy Brew Works. We're going to have a showcase on Father's Day, 619. Uh, it is going to be daughters who love their dads, and uh, our headliner is Shawnee D, who I grew up listening to on the radio. We also have Kara Karachi and Sheree Ludbetter on our lineup, and there we will love be that. Yep, and there will be a lottery open mic at the end of the show for three open mic spots. And the winner, the audience favorite out of those three open mic spots will be the next next guest spot on the saucy mic. So 
Um, check all of our social media Exciting. out and you'll see everything that's happening with all of us. And also listen to Sanctioned by Stephanie. And also go to Fireside Inn Dive Bar every Friday for an open mic hosted by Steph. I did that. I did that before. Oh, shit. Yeah, we're doing it again. But also, um, why don't you throw out your podcast? So um, I am very, I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to like whatever I'm focusing on. So, like, I haven't released it yet. I know I said March 19th. <laughs> okay. But it's coming um, by May 1st. If it comes out sooner, I'll let you all know. Okay. But. um, What's the name? Uh, that would never happen to me. All right. And then you can follow that on the gram as well. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. We will catch you next time. Do drugs, not hugs. Bye. Bye.